Today's program has been brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit GreatBrewers.com. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We're here today, September 4th, 2012, at Roberta's in Bushwick on the Heritage Radio Network. We're sponsored by GreatBrewers.com. Check it out. If you want to learn more about beer styles and where to buy good beer, go to GreatBrewers.com. And we're supported by the people at the Good Beer Seal, an association of 41 New York City bars that serve, promote, and support good beer. Check out GoodBeerSeal.com. We've got some great guests. Tonight in studio, Chris O'Leary from BrewYorkNewYork.com and Sean McCain now with the Bronx Brewery. And we'll have a special call-in guest, uh, John Richards, who's putting together the Beer Hunter, the movie, uh, based on videos and other interviews with uh, great Michael Jackson. He'll be in at our second segment. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, man. How's it going? You know, there's nothing like having uh, a beer community in New York City. It's it's really great. I'm really... Uh, happy to be part of it in whatever way I can. And Chris, you, you've got this site, Brew, Nor- Brew York, New York. It's easier. You- <laughs> it's easier to say after a few beers. It's kind of a long. It's a long. There's a lot of letters in there. It's Brew York, New York, yeah. spelled out. dot com. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's it's. Uh it's just uh, the fact that so many people visit the site just shows how dedicated they are to drinking good beer in New York. <laughs> well, you, you do a great job. And uh, Sean, you know, for a long time we knew you as the, the victory rep in New York City, and now you're at with the Bronx Brewery, a the new Bronx Brewery, growing right. small brewery. Um, so we're going to have a chance to talk to both of you tonight. But let's start with a question. Um, I, was, I was in here at the bar, and the manager at Roberta's asked me, he said, I need to get a, a Pilsner in a can. And uh, is there is there a beer in New York City that, that a pilsner in a can that you might recommend for for the guys here at Roberta's? Well, uh, Mama's Little Pills is uh, always a really good one by Oscar Blues. I know that's one that uh, I drink a lot, and uh, uh, it's good for the beach because obviously it's canned and it's got a lot of good hop flavor to it as well. What do you think, Chris? Anything? You know, I, I've I've come around on the six point crisp. Actually, um, I, I know that they've been working hard to to tweak the recipe a little bit in the the past year or so since they released it for the first time, and it it's it's nice, easy drinking, and has the benefit of being in a sixteen ounce can. Which Ooh, yeah, yeah, that, those bonus four ounces can go a long way. That's a big thing, man. When you can have one of those tall boys, it tastes so much better. <laughs> so both of those, the six point crisp and uh, the Oscar Blues, the Mama Pills, were on my list as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Fancy that, Jimmy. Well, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about uh, American pilsners? This is where I'm trying to go with this. Is that for a long time I, I was really particular about my German pilsners? Mm-hmm. You know, I like the the oddballs, Kulmbacher and EKU and, and and Mars and the real specialty German pilsners. 
Um, what do you think about American Pilsner? I, I think that it takes a really talented brewer to make a truly good Pilsner. There's nothing you can really hide behind in a Pilsner. And uh, I was I was up in uh, Portland, Maine this weekend at a, at a beer festival up there, and there was this little uh, nano brewery up there called uh, Bunker Brewing, and they made a um, a Pilsner as their first beer. Oh yeah, and it was incredibly good. Really? It, it it was they wanted to show that they do have brewing talent and not go with the typical IPA or or you know pale ale as, as your first beer but they they went with the pilsner it was easy drinking uh it, it, there were no off flavors in it it was nice and clean it, you know it, that is hard to do and i think that you know only now are we getting to the point where you know there's a, a critical mass of brewers that are all able to to execute a pills well. well. That's pretty good, especially with the name Bunker. You yeah. know, you don't want to run <laughs> to the bunker and get your pills. <laughs> but, you know, Pennsylvania, uh, the the, uh, the state just south of us, is just chock full of great pilsners. Which actually reminds me of another good can uh, pilsner is Sly Fox uh, makes the what's it called, Chris? The Pikeland. The Pikeland yeah. pills. Yeah, that's a that's a real real good pilsner as well. But of course, you have victories, prima pills, stouts, pills. Um, you, you know, just go down the line of all those great German American brewers that really take the time and the dedication to correctly lager their beer and use uh, use all of the uh, technology that's out there today to make sure that they're conditioning things correctly, lagering it correctly, using the right hops, making it bright, making it a little bit more American, having a little bit more punch to it. Uh, while still retaining some of that uh, the flavor profile of a traditional German pilsner. All right, that sounds. I, I like Victory a lot. I, I went to a Stout's beer dinner recently at, in Long Island City at Alabar. Oh yeah, and they really had the full range. We had, we had the Fest, we had the Pils. Um, I haven't had the full range of Stout's beers ever. Do it until then. The American Pale Ale is Amazing. hands down the best American Pale Ale out there, and except I for the Bronx Pilsner. <laughs> 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 no, it is phenomenal. It's it's really great. That's a good bottle too. It's been served at several uh, White House Fourth of July celebrations too. I think the flag has something to do with it on the that, label. That actually Concur. helps quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we talk about the homebrew at the White House, which just just oh. went down. Oh yeah. I want to ask Chris. Chris, okay, of the the Pennsylvania breweries that I know well, there's there's Sly Fox, Trogues, Victory, and Stouts. Yeah. Um, which is your favorite brewery? hate superlatives like this um, well, can radio. i just have them all <laughs> <laughs> or is there a favorite from each brewery that you like uh, well i mean like the the prima pills from victory has always been like my go-to uh pilsner when people ask you know what's a good american pilsner um or it's also a great entry-level beer for people who've never been into craft beer i love recommending that beer it you know it really stands out as defining the differences between macro and and, and, and craft um and then i mean Tro- trogues nugget nectar is always Ooh. you know that when that time of year comes around was that I, april was that when the nugget yeah, nectar yeah, falls off the truck yeah it's a, it's about april and they uh they recently came out with a new beer called perpetual ipa oh yeah phenomenal yeah I that's really that's one of their best beers Absolutely i've ever had phenomenal actually, and the troganator for the winter so they, it's it's there's we kind of i i sometimes neglect the pennsylvania breweries I used to feel that in New York City, people had an affinity for where they vacationed. Mm-hmm. So if you put a Vermont or a Maine beer on the list, it would fly out. In mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, I felt like was a stepchild 
But I, I, I'm, I think Pennsylvania has some great breweries. They, they really do. I actually started the Labor Day weekend with the Perpetual IPA. <laughs> Took it on the train on Metro North, bought it at a beer table pantry. <laughs> just, nice you know, plug. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just love the convenience of that, to be honest. No, it's the best. <laughs> it really is the best. Have a good beer, and when you have a nice dry, uh, train ride ahead of you, yeah. what, a, what a great way to travel. Yeah. And, and then a, Victory has, has always had this special – the Brownmeister series, oh, yeah. they've yeah. had some really great stuff. Absolutely. And, and they also – Every once in a while, the brown meisters would sneak in like a dunkel lager, and uh, Sly Fox also makes a dunkel lager, and that's that's a style I think is is definitely could I would like to see more of, and they're both actually I think the dunkel lager is probably a really great American style yeah. coming from those two breweries, Sly Fox and Victory. Yeah. Let's also not forget Weyerbacher too, yeah, he, another great Pennsylvania of yards, yeah. Tom Kehoe. Last time I was here, I was here with uh, with Tom Kehoe on we were, from yards, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just go across the river and grab some of that from, so there's some cool stuff York, going so. on in pennsylvania and we're talking about american pilsners and then uh just the other day uh there was a big story about uh the, the white house is, is making homebrew and yep. garrett oliver was was interviewed by uh, eric asimov of the new york times so um it, i don't know if that's of interest at all i mean oh. so the, the cooks in the kitchen in the white house are making homebrew and they're using extract yeah they're using extract is, is that is, interesting at all or is that just sure. anytime you're talking about beer and politics and it's about not uh, having like the round table beer summit and exactly. it's actually about you drinking beer and making beer uh, with a chef involved i think that is great news this might be the first and last time that i've retweeted the press secretary of the of the president of the united states uh on twitter but um why? It, because he because they he, were he was the one who announced who announced that they had released the recipe. But I'm not I'm not surprised that they started with with extract. I mean, it, it's it's the way that many home brewers start. That's how I started? Yeah, I I I think I'm the exception to the rule that I went all grain and then I've never brewed with extract. Really? I know. Um, you should try it. Well, yeah, I, it's easy. To, to be honest, <laughs> it would probably make home brewing a heck of a lot easier sure for me. It does. Um, but. No, I like I, I watched their their video that showed the process because the White House released a video. It's it's available on YouTube, and you can see, you know, behind the scenes. I wish I had a kitchen like that to brew to home brew in too, because it's quite nice. Um, but I, I think that uh, it really heightens the awareness of home brewing as a hobby in the United States. It's phenomenal you know? too, right? I mean, imagine Jimmy Carter was the first time that I heard in my life yep. any news coming out of the. The White House talking about beer, and thank you, Brother Jimmy. But now, I mean, I guess Brother Barack. Let's let's uh, keep it going, man. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get the word out. All right, a little, little bit of chatter to get to get the show started. Um, it's still in this room with with Brew York, New York, and uh, Sean McCain from Bronx Brewery. It's two of the really cool people from the New York City beer scene. Sean, so now you're at the Bronx Brewery. Yeah, man. So um, I have a special beer. Really? It's their oak. Their oak. What is, it's an oak beer from the winter. Shut and your mouth. You have one of those? <laughs> I have it. How That's and I have never right? tried it. So let's let's taste it on the air. So Bronx Brewery, give oh. us a little background on the Bronx Brewery and what's going on. Wow. And well, we, in, in full disclosure, yeah. you worked for Victory for a while. Yeah. And now you're at a, a new up-and-coming small brewery. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, the Bronx Brewery started uh, with an idea of two best friends in 2009. Um, and they... They, they didn't know much about beer, but they knew they sure liked it, and they knew that they would like to bring a brewery to, to the Bronx area. 
Uh, and then they quickly understood that in order to do that. Don't you love the sound of those glasses clinking? <laughs> we drink so much beer on this show. It, it is That's why we call it Beer Sessions. Right? Better. Yeah. Right. This is a much poorer for me, Chris. Sure. And our first beer, we already had, we started with the Bronx, the Rye PA. The Rye Pale Ale, yeah. Which yeah. is a new beer. Brand new, limited edition. We just uh, put that out two weeks ago, and it has gone like gangbusters. Uh, it's still available in uh, the Bronx and Manhattan. That's all only where we're selling the beer right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then the next beer we had was the Bronx Pale Ale, which is our flagship, and that's available year-round. So what we're about to be drinking is the Bronx Pale Ale aged in oak bourbon uh, barrels. Which was, this was actually bottled in December of 2011. It should have the writing on it. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is and I brought that from 12, the cellar 14, at Jimmy's 11. number 43, of which I have a whole case left. You do not. I do. Every once in a while, I, I do He's hold back hoarder. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hold back things. I think that, I'm not sure about how beers can age, oh, but I do good. like to hold back some stronger beers at least six months. If I get them in the spring, my, my gut is I want to save them till at least the fall, and it's September 4th, you know, it's the fall. you got to be careful with that, Jimmy, because there's different styles that age better. I mean, certainly the higher ABV beers, uh, you know, your barley wines, your Belgian quadruples, your Russian imperial stouts, and imperial stouts in general are going to age a lot better. But you have to watch out with IPAs. Uh, this isn't an IPA. It's a pale ale, but it's a very hoppy pale ale. And the first thing so that's going to drop... So why would they put the put the effort of just taking their pale ale off the shelf and aging it in oak? Well, the flavor. Is this for something fun? Flavor. Is it a promotional I mean, this thing? Is, this fl- is an savor explosion the flavor. of flavor in your mouth. That's right. I, I mean, think it's pretty good. Well, it really I'm, is. I'm damn proud that I held this for six I, months I and didn't because, touch it till you know, now. I haven't had it. So In I fact, mean, tonight we're doing a, a special seller release. Uh, we have... $10 tastings every Tuesday and there's one keg I've been holding for six months and it's La Rules Grand 10 it's a special Ooh. triple of w- which I tried list. last winter yeah I listed and that on my site today I was, <laughs> I was, I'll give it six months and I do think that, so, that some beers beers do improve over six months and for me it's usually if they're too sweet if there's a lot of sweetness in there and, and, then, and they're strong and they're, mm-hmm. then I'm like they're meant for aging at least six months maybe a year I you know? also like that you added, by the way, to that list, the Green Flash Summer Saison uh, tonight. Oh. It's a uh, great way to end. No, not, not on, the, on, his, on his $10 tasting tonight. Because um, it was probably, it was my pick for, uh, for a calorie conscious, flavorful beer. Yeah. Yeah. Calorie. We have a nice seller at Jimmy's number 43. And if anything... <laughs> Half the beers I have, I don't even put on the list. And, Dude, this and is phenomenal. This I probably really need someone like Sean to come and help me figure out. But <laughs> I'll or, be there or come to drink them. You know, this is, Chris, <laughs> afterwards, we have a job to do. Let's talk about this. Since we're talking it's beer, work. we're trying to be a little more specific and talk about our beer. So this one, it's, it's oak age, but it has a little hint of vanilla. Well, that's what you're going to get yeah. generally from uh, bourbon, the residual bourbon that's going to sit inside the oak. And the oak itself, uh, generally just u- well, just used once uh, during the bourbon the bourbon. Uh, like aging process so you're still going to get a little color from it you're going to get a little flavor from it then the surprisingly and this is the thing that's really a kudos to to damien the the brewmaster at the bronx brewery is that the hops have they're still there mm-hmm. uh some nine months later there's it's totally totally delicious and there's a there's I, I remember having this back when it was first released and it's there's a, a much more pronounced vanilla on yeah. there. It's yeah. it's kind of delicious, you know. The it's, yeah, it's the, balanced. Yeah, the, but yeah. Prior to that, I mean, there's Cascade and Centennial hops just loaded throughout this beer, so that you really want to have that uh, the bright citrus flavor uh, with the dark malt backing of the pale ale, 
and the sweetness of the vanilla really brings that together. Exactly. Sort of gives a little bit of a harmony now with the age. It's great. Well, cool. Hey, let's raise our glass to Bronx Brewery. Yeah, we'll take a short break. Be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Cheers. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We're here with Chris O'Leary from BrewYorkNewYork.com and Sean McCain from the Bronx Brewery. Sean, what did you just say? We're, we're drinking this uh, aged oak barrel From your cellar, Jimmy. Beer. <laughs> I, uh, you, you already invited me, by the way, to come do some taste testing in your cellar. I'm going to start directly by going to this case. I only have, I, we, as a brewery, have two bottles of this vintage left two bottles and you have 11 um so the message is send your rare beers to jimmy's number 43 that's right we'll keep them in our extensive walk-in cooler oh my goodness well uh for six months my 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 my, i don't know there's some great guys sam barbieri waterfront alehouse ed from mugs they've been in this business a long time they're the deans of beers for beer bars to me and i know that they have a lot of um you know, they'll have like a Brooklyn Monster and the, mm-hmm. they'll have, you know, Sierra Bigfoot. They, they, Ed's got Ed, Ed, Ed has, so, so Ed has, um, and this was great. So the very first barley wine I ever had in my drinking career was a 2001 Brooklyn Monster. And I went into mugs. You can still get uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I went, to, I went to mugs like in 2011 and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a beer I had. The first barley wine I ever had 10 years aged now yeah. for like 10 bucks for a 12 ounce bottle. And I'm like, I have to have. So I love you, stupid There are guys doing I love, this. I love you, you big crutch. <laughs> I know. Right? And one, one thing, I, 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 and I don't want to fault anyone, but I, I do feel like a lot of times we're getting special releases of beers, and we're talking about expensive beers, and often in keg, and you can't never taste them until you've cracked the keg. And it's like like a beer I'm premiering tonight, the La Rule Grand Ten. I got it in January. Mm. I, I, I tapped the keg, and I was like, oh my god, I wish I'd held this. And it, it was a little too sweet, and then it tapped it again a few months later, and, and, and I luckily had one more keg, and I'm, I'm saving it, and it's going on, on tap tonight. That's great. And it still might be too, too young, but this is this things we have to experiment, we have to, we have to put our time in. But Did the question call? is, is, is the brewer going to hold it back? Is the distributor going to hold it back? Or does it fall on, on the bar owner? You know who's not going to hold it back? Who? The distributor. Yeah. Uh-huh. The distributor is going to sell that beer, and that's their job, and God bless them, let's let them do that. Uh, the brewery, you know who's not going to do that? 
the brewery as well because yeah. we're making beer so we can get it out. We might. Well, there's a, another place in, in, in so uh, New you, Haven. Jimmy. You're doing there's the right a thing. Cask Republic. It's it's a newish beer bar owned by the guys that own the Ginger Man yeah. in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and they've made and a big Christian point of holding back. Yeah, holding back. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of beers. So and I think that you'll find some select places that will have. Well, that's why aged I think beers. It, that's it's on the public end. Yes, it really yeah. is. I mean, it's in, in a perfect world. If you think about it, uh, brewers are made to brew. We're not vintage. We don't have cellars. Our cellars are made to cellar our beer for four to six weeks, depending on if we're lagering. Maybe three months if we're going to do a barley wine, and then we want to get it through that three tier system as quickly as we can, so it can go to the distributor, it can go to Jimmy's Forty Three, and then it can go into the to the mouth of the well, the waiting public. And unfortunately, in New York, we're spaces at a premium. Yeah, we're unfortunately maybe not going to have the opportunity to cellar as much as we'd like to. So. Right. So it, that's true. Regionally, it's obviously a little but it's, bit. Different. It's something to think about. And if you see going to a beer bar or a restaurant and there's a vintage list, you might want to consider trying those. Well, beers. I know the yeah. gate has like in in Brooklyn. Like every once in a while, Bobby will he he'll bring out like a 2007 keg, a half barrel that he's been sitting on since 2007 on it yeah. because he tasted it. Then he goes, you know what? Five years, this is going to be banging. Well, there's there's this uh, definitely some good beer bar owners in New York. And mm-hmm. hey, we've got a, another guest coming on. It's, it's John Richards, uh, he's making Beer Hunter the movie. John, are you on the air right now? I am, Jimmy. Yeah. How are you? You know, I was lucky enough. We we did a New York City beer uh, book blog and video fest in July, and I saw a lot of the excerpts of uh, your Beer Hunter the movie. We we're with Chris O'Leary and uh, Sean McCain. So tell us what's going on with your movie and uh, you know your, your inspirations for uh, working with Michael Jackson. Well, right now um, in uh, kind of mid editing phase, you know, I've got sixty hours of footage that I shot with Michael. I'm trying to, you know, we, we shot it a little bit randomly. Um, I didn't expect, obviously, Michael to be passing away, unfortunately, as soon as he did. And we started doing this project and, and didn't really have a clear purpose. You know, we're kind of going towards maybe doing another Beer Hunter series um, and releasing it over the Internet because it was so hard to get it on to uh, onto television. And um, so I'm trying to go through, through all this footage and weave it together and make, you know, weave it together so that it makes sense, but I really also want to add more of Michael's story to the footage, because he doesn't tell much of his own story, and um, I think there's so many parts of Michael and, and so many things that uh, that need to be put together to get a better, uh, an overall clear picture of who he was and, and how much of an influence he had. So I'm just, uh, you know, I'm trying to get old Beer Hunter television series footage licensed, and uh collecting interviews from around the United States from brewers. We want to get over to uh, London and up to Yorkshire where he grew up and then get up to Scotland and see how, you know, he had a huge uh, obviously impact in the world of whiskey as well. So lots of lots of pieces of trying to knit together right now. So John, we know, so M- Michael Jackson uh, he wrote some great books about beer and uh, we don't have to, to compare him to the musician. Um, <laughs> they say that he saved beer. Um, and I always have this image of him from your movies of him sniffing a glass of beer as if it's a, you know, brandy or something. Um, tell us about how how you met Michael and how you got involved working with him on this project. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I had moved back to I was originally I'm originally from Schenectady, but uh, lived in Colorado for a long time and came back east for a couple of years and then got uh, asked back out to Colorado to run some coffee shops and. 
started a production company on the side. I, you know, I was always into photography, and I just loved. Uh, I really was interested in video and adding music and moving pictures to the whole thing. And started doing ski movies on the on, on the side when I was uh, in Aspen, and a couple of them were seen by the guy that owned the coffee shops. His brother had these at a wine club and a beer club, and he saw a couple of the videos, and he said, "I want to hire that guy to do our videos." And at the time, it was this was in two thousand and. Four, two thousand three, and they wanted to add, you know, video to the club so people could see where everything came from. And the beer club was Michael Jackson's rare beer club. So, um, in the middle of a trip through the vineyards of Europe, we I flew into London in February of two thousand four to uh, shoot some video tastings with Michael Jackson. Who, you know, I I, I was kind of I grew up more with Charlie Papazian. Um, you know, we did a lot of homebrewing back in the early 90s, and certainly was familiar with Charlie and somewhat familiar with Michael, but not, not really familiar, and showed up, and, uh, you know, the rest was just kind of a crazy ride for the next two and a half years, going around the world with Michael and filming things. And, Sounds like a, you know, we were a pretty good to, life, to though. start with some tastings, and then we realized, wow, this is Michael, such a icon, we have to get as much footage as we can, so I kind of, I tried to just hook up with him whenever I could, and... So, do you still have the Kickstarter campaign going? Are, are you no, that, that wrapped up in um, at the end of January. Oh, wow! How much did you raise, if I can ask? We raised. Uh, we're shooting for thirty thousand, and we raised forty six thousand wow. dollars. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, which was fantastic. And you know, they take a chunk of that, but hey. you got everything kind of rolling again. And you know, there's still a lot of items out there. We, we want to try that. License some of the beer hunter footage, and obviously that's expensive. And but you know we got the bulk of the movie done with that, and we're really just trying to wrap it all together with Michael's story. So yeah, that was a, that was a nice little thing. I never you know before, I've been trying to raise money for this movie, and I've been kind of just picking away at it for the last few years, and wondering if it was really even. Well, it sounds really like to viable. me instead of, you should make like a hundred hours of footage. <laughs> And uh, hundred hours of footage. Well, he only has and, four and to an play arc- with. archive or something. <laughs> I guess he could just videotape you for the other six. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm trying to give you encouragement. Um, yeah, I, I think all of us would yeah. would like to 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 see Michael Jackson on video. Absolutely. I mean, so are you, are you are you trying to put together just one little tight movie, or because um, I've never even seen the series. Um, I know it's online, but I haven't seen the series, the Beer Hunter series. So. Yeah, and a lot of people haven't, and, and uh, you know, you see, i got to be honest, I mean, some of the footage I have with Michael, he's suffering from Parkinson's, he, he's tired, it's dark, it was just myself filming, I didn't have really a light crew or a sound crew or anything, and we're shooting totally off the cuff, um, kind of running gun stuff, so some of it's better than other stuff, and so I really want to try to incorporate some of the original series so you can see Michael, he was in his, you know, in his prime when he shot the Beer Hunter. And uh, so it would be nice for people that don't know. I mean, I could I could put together a little movie right now with what I have, and for for like hardcore fans who uh, really want to see. It. But I think to get a bigger picture of Michael, and, and for people who might not know who he was or know how much how important he was, can really see him. You know, when he was younger, and then see him now. And well, yeah, John. I mean, when I was starting out in the '90s, I mean, I, I had one of his his original books. You know, it was like the. Atlas, Beer Atlas of the World, or something. what was it? What was the title of that book, Chris? I, uh, it was like the Beer Atlas of the World, and and the at, at the time, World Guide to Beer, and at the time, it covered many countries. And the American section was a little weak then, 
Um, but I always felt like I could refer to the key areas. You know, Germany was amazing. You know, Belgium was amazing. Sean, did you ever read any of the old Michael Jackson books? Sure. I mean, I've got some on my shelf. But I think with John, what uh, what I think it's important for for me. I mean, some of the, I've just been in craft beer for about ten years, and I I've never seen a beer hunter episode. So everything that you've been talking about, and also having these sort of behind the scenes. Uh, interviews as gritty as they are I mean it's probably as gritty as some of the beer that you guys enjoyed while you were filming them too and I think that uh, for the audience I mean that you're you're looking for it's us you know it's the people that yeah and it's a growing audience where you know we're we're, we're going through different generation swing where people now are, are ordering craft first and I think that uh, we need to know the history you know right. I mean this is this is great you know, I, you know I started writing just after after just as uh, Michael passed, actually, and um, and I don't think even I had a, a true appreciation of, of what he did for the industry. And if you consider just how much craft beer has exploded since then, um, I don't know how many people in the industry understand just what he did for craft beer, um, you know, worldwide. And I mean, in, in the United States especially. I mean, one of the the one thing that I do remember of him. Um, from from craft beer was was there was this one appearance I remember on uh, on Conan O'Brien show which really appealed to a younger audience and it was it was quite hilarious and you know they were they were doing a back and forth that was really memorable. Michael Jackson was on Conan O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and he had two two appearances on there actually. Yeah. So I'd like I, to see that. it was it was it was I, I think one of them is on YouTube. I, I, I might still be on. No, I want to see um, it in his movie. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, John. <laughs> so John, listen. Hey, listen. You got to get this movie going, and you, you at least got to do some rough cuts because we, we want to see it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's rough. I've got all kinds of clips on YouTube uh, and on our website. Mostly, most if you go to Beer Hunter Movie on YouTube, I've got a bunch of stuff posted up there. New footage, old footage, and um, there's some vintage, vintage stuff in there. And it, you know, he just was such a great. And on top of you know celebrating how much of an influence he had, he was just a, an amazing person. I mean, he could talk about almost any subject you could imagine. Um, so just a really interesting guy, and a really, really great guy to work with. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's kind of labor of love, and it's taken a little longer than I, than I wanted, but I think he, you know, he deserves. A fitting tribute, and uh, I think well, let's make a toast to Michael Jackson. Before. What we'll do is what he, what, what I see on some of the videos you've you've featured. We're going to put the glass to our nose and we're going to sniff our beer because he, he always had this picture of him sniffing beer first, which yeah, is how I yeah. like to drink beer too. And he's very inspiring. So a lot of good guys like Dan Shelton from Shelton Brothers, you know, they were close with him, and and uh, he definitely helped. They say he he saved beer, and I. I I believe that you know. I think that craft a lot of the styles were probably due to die out without someone like him. Yeah, the younger generation well, needs to know yeah. why. Yeah, and he gave beer such a great voice. I mean, it's for, talk about a spokesman in the early years of the craft brewing renaissance, or, or I mean, just not even a renaissance. I mean, it's a whole new age now. I mean, he gave he, his voice. He was so articulate and so you know witty and so learned. He set a course. Uh, uh, a vocabulary and a respect for beer that very other few people, if, if anyone, could really have done. And so, you know, he was—he just put it on a course on par with wine, uh, but with all the personality that, that he he embodied. It was just a, a great start to this movement, and, and 
had a lot to do with a lot of its popularity right now. Um, so you got to see some of the old deer hunter stuff. It's great. So, John, again, what, what's the best way to see what you're working on? Is it on Facebook or is it BeerHunterMovie.com? Uh, BeerHunterMovie.com is our website, but really we've got a uh, and we have some videos. We we've, we've got a YouTube plugin on the website, but you can go right to YouTube and look for Beer Hunter Movie. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, and there's I actually end up posting lots of little bits and pieces on our Facebook page, Beer Hunter Movie, as well. Uh, that doesn't make it onto YouTube, and so between those two things, you can see all kinds of little snippets. And um, there's also original Beer Hunter movie episodes online. Uh, it's not great quality, but a lot of it's subtitled in Dutch. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and well, uh, but you can helpful. see it on there and get a sense of it. So, and John. I'm hopeful. Hopefully, if we can do this, I finally found. I mean, for three years, I've been trying to figure out who owns the original series. I finally tracked down. A license holder, and uh, one, I mean, if we could raise the money to do this, and this might even be another Kickstarter thing, but to license the entire series and re-release it, remaster it digitally on a DVD, um, and, and, and release that with some of my footage would be that would be uh, phenomenal if we could do that. But that's that's still okay, John. Thank you, man, so much, and we'll stay in touch, and we'll have you on again and, and track your progress. So again, right, it's yeah. Beer Hunter Movie on all these social media platforms. Just Google it and check it out. But we're going to take another short break, and we'll be back and talk more with our guests on Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio at the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, there's a big party coming up on Sunday, September 9th. It's members only. If you go to heritageradionetwork.org, you can join and become a member, and you can come to our party. And uh, one of our guys, Clay Gordon, who's going to have a new show here on Heritage Radio Network tomorrow, is going to be there serving chocolate. Clay, how are you? I'm doing just fine, Jimmy. It's great to be one here. One of the best shows we ever had on Beer Sessions Radio was you and Garrett Oliver talking about beer and chocolate pairings. Going back and forth. It's a lot of fun. This pair and this beer and chocolate. I was listening to you before I came on, and uh, there's a re- really wonderful connection between the craft beer world and the craft chocolate world. You're talking about who's responsible for selling the beers. Is it the brewer? Is it the distributor? You know, is it is it the um, the pub owner? 
We have exactly the same issue with chocolate. I mean, chocolate is not known to age and improve as it grows old, but it turns out that it does change over time. There's one manufacturer in the world, um, Valrona, a French company, that vintages maybe two or three years out, so now I can go buy the 2010 or 2011, but they don't keep very much of it. Maybe they keep a ton of each of three different varieties. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> when you think about how many people there are in the world... You know, it, like a lot. it doesn't. Sound, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, it, it is a real question. I'm, I'm working on building this chocolate factory here, right around the corner from Heritage Radio Network World Headquarters. And one of the things we're struggling with is: uh, Are we going to uh, be vintaging? Are we going to be cellaring? Are we going to be keeping back some chocolate? And if we are, you know, where are we going to put it? I mean, because there aren't a whole lot of places yeah. to put yeah. a couple of tons. Of well, chocolate. let's let's jump to beer. So, okay, uh, Sean. Yeah. Tell us again, you've poured for us what? Yeah, well, we're going to be tasting uh, some chocolate, so I'm pretty excited uh, to compare this. So this is with the Rye Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. This is our limited edition, only available through September, basically. From the Bronx Brewery. The Bronx Brewery, our second beer. So you're tasting history right now. Um, <laughs> it is 25% rye. It is uh, got Chinook in the boil, and then we dry hop it with crystal hops. So it's uh, 6.3% alcohol. Very balanced, unfiltered rye pale ale, and I'm imagining. I don't know. So, put, putting together a brewery, I mean, you know, we know the Bronx Brewery guys, but they got a, a brewer. Yes. Well, we have Damien, and we have Chris, who's the general manager. Damien's the head brewer. Uh, Damien Brown, Chris Gallant, and then, then they were smart enough to hire me. So now you've got me as the sales director, and we're all partners, and we're making a go of bringing bringing a brewery actually to the Bronx. So hopefully by next fall, you can come up to uh, Mott Haven and step into our tasting room and watch the brewery behind us produce delicious pale ales. We're only doing pale ales. What are some of the things that you do as sales director? Are you going to do special events? Yeah. Are you going to do tastings? You know me. I'm the I'm the music man. So wherever I go, I'm, I'm always doing, I'm doing events. Um, I'm also... Selling beer. That's primarily what they want me to do. <laughs> yeah, that isn't your title, so. <laughs> you know, so that's, a, well, that's the first thing I'm going to do. Okay, so I have the rye, the Bronx Brewery rye yep. pale ale in my mouth, right. and this chocolate that Clay just gave us. What right. is this? What is this? Well, the, the chocolate is made uh, by a company in Ecuador called Picari, and it's made from beans that are grown in Ecuador. And it's flavored with sea salt and also has added cocoa nibs into it. Mm. And so I was thinking about sort of the, the bitter note that it's in the rye. Uh, it's, it's, I've got some other things. It, there's not a whole lot of herbaceousness into it. There's not a whole lot of fruitiness in it uh, in the rye part of it, uh, which tends to be earthier. And so I thought, man, and this is you know completely off the wall because I had no idea what you were going to be serving today. Nope. Um, just and go. <laughs> around the corner. Let's just go do some things. Um, just go around to the bodega around the corner, which is one of the great things about chocolate these days. You got this at the bodega. In, well, there's a, there's a new store around the corner. I don't know if I can say the name of it, but there's a new store they've opened up. They've got a great chocolate selection. I mean, really um, there are a couple of stores. And so what happens is, is the salt is just going to accentuate the flavors of stuff. Um, anything you put in your mouth and then the cocoa nib is going to take the percentage which is already around 70 percent and drop it down just a little bit more and it's going to give you that nice earthy bottom mm. with the roast of another piece <laughs> it's really good but no. but 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 so all right let's have this one yeah does this go with the the rye absolutely pillow? you know here the, the beautiful thing about the rye is it has a very sustained finish of sweetness mm-hmm. that's that you get from the rye um, and it lingers, uh-huh. and then you have the Chinook has got, especially now since this is this was just cake, you know, two weeks ago. Right. So it's 
it's pretty darn fresh. Mm-hmm. And the crystal hop that we dry hop it with is uh, is very high alpha. Um, it's got a acidity to it almost that that like it'll slows it down, but it never stops it. Mm-hmm. Where and this just adds to the sustain. It's like a not a wah wah pedal to an electric <laughs> fiddle, right? But it's yeah. something very very similar. And then the cocoa nibs also. Mm-hmm counter they work with the they work with the hops and what's interesting i think a little bit is uh, is the way just adding a slight touch of sweetness the slight bit of sugar in mm-hmm. here combines with the caramelized sugar that are in the beers and just goes oh yeah whoa you know and this is you know I, I did this a couple of weeks ago just walked in there were 14 beers on the menu i had five chocolates in my bag and just you know what do you go do you know and how do you go figure how do you go figure it out and you end up drinking a lot of beer and you end up eating a lot of chocolate. It's a trial and error kind of thing, is it? Or well, you know, or you have you have some idea, obviously, when you see you know what kind of beers are on the menu. Right? Well, if I've tasted it before, absolutely yes. I mean, you, I can say, oh, there's a saison. I just sort of generally know what a saison mm. might be, but um, there's a saison which is aged in a whiskey barrel. You know, what's that going to do to it? Right? <laughs> and, that doesn't sound very good. Actually, it was, it was fabulous. <laughs> really? Um, no, no, it was absolutely it was fabulous. Fun. But Trying to figure out how to get a chocolate. I mean, but you've got some, um, you've got some beers like uh, with pumpkin flavors in it, a creme brulee beer. You've got a banana bread beer. You've got all these interesting kinds of beers, which you know, which interestingly lend themselves to milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. You get all the caramelized flavors in the milk chocolate, and if you've got those kinds of beers, it's an easy one. If you've got a yeasty, bready beer. Right. right. Again, those sort of rich caramelized flavors going. So you've got a general idea, but every once in a while you might have something which has got oh, you know, it's got over the top, you know, butter flavor in it. You know, what are you going to go do with that? Or you just don't have a chocolate. I mean, I've got a chocolate I brought with me. It's got lemongrass in it. Ooh. So if you have anything which has got you know, you know, fruit forward in terms of you know, herbaceous citrus, if you got something with a real citrusy hop in it, this lemongrass. Here are the here are the things that I, I was my go to beer and food pairings. There's beer and chocolate today. There's beer and bacon. Oh. There's beer and cheese. There's beer and oysters. Mm-hmm. What, what are any of your other go-to beer, beer and, and food uh, pairings? In, in, well, bacon. Again, I have to reiterate this. Bacon and beer couldn't be any happier. But with chocolate, just to go a little bit off topic and stay on topic with chocolate, mm-hmm. when as a just sort of an amateur uh, taster, mm-hmm. right? When I want to ex- extend my experience at home or mm-hmm. uh, when I'm hosting parties at home, I mm-hmm. want to think of like ways that I can make the dinner a little bit more interesting. And I've mm-hmm. tried pairing chocolate with beer. Mm-hmm. I've always stayed safe and, and paired it with like stouts, right. Russian Imperial stouts, uh, barley wines, high EBV beers, things that have like a lot of complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them that have been aged and then I'll pair that with, I don't know, I don't know diddly about chocolate other than I like dark chocolate. <laughs> right. Um, and I like sea salt, so you just hit, you just, you've right. made a friend for life, by the way, <laughs> on that first pairing. Um, so what I want to know is sort of like an amateur, like, like, like person that's going to pair something. Like, how do you even come up with, uh, like, like the, the process of pairing like a, a, a regular pale ale with a milk chocolate? I mean, a lot of it is just experience. Yeah. I mean, if you, I, I've learned that the thing that separates somebody who's really good at what they do in terms of tasting and pairing and putting things together, it's not so much that they're super tasters. It's just that they have really good taste memory. Oh, oh I know what this tastes like. Oh, I, mm, I can imagine these. And that's true of chefs. I mean, that's a great chef is somebody who's got a great sh- 
I mean, certainly impeccable technical skills, but it's really all about, mm, I know what this taste is. I can imagine those two tastes together. I can imagine these two textures going together. And to some, and that's, that's just it. It's, you have to drink a lot. You have to have a, which sounds like an awful thing. Um, <laughs> Darn. But another thing <laughs> to, to do, another thing to, Jimmy, Jimmy mentioned that he says, you know, I like beer and chocolate. I like beer and bacon. I like beer and cheese. And so one of the one of the first things I did, one of my earliest combinations was, well, I know chocolate and strawberries go together, and I know that balsamic vinegar and strawberries go together, and I know that strawberries and black pepper go together. Mm-hmm. So let me do something with balsamic vinegar, chocolate, and black pepper with strawberries. And so that's a real interesting, that's an easy way to go about doing it, is that I have things that I know work individually. Can I put them in combination and make them work? And, you know, this weekend is an example at, at Pig Island. Okay. Fabulous, successful. Oh, yeah. This weekend, I, I I brought out, I think, what many people think to be one of their favorite things that I do, which is uh, I was asked to do uh, chocolate and bacon a couple of years ago, and uh, I said, I don't like... Did you room- bring any with you? Did, did anything survive from Pig <laughs> Island? No, let's, let's crack the other chocolate. Yeah, you know I, I really want to try the uh, lemongrass, and okay. I, I think I'm the only one who has any of this beer left, uh, but I brought... <laughs> I drank it. <laughs> he, Sean drank it all because he liked it so it's much, phenomenal. but I brought a, a beer from my home state of Rhode Island uh, Flying Jenny Pale Ale from a brewery called uh, Gray Sale. Wow. You hear that sound? That was, was awesome. quite a pop. But it's true. Clay, uh, actually, his, his I call it your chocolate bacon fondue. That's what it is. Oh, that's wow. pretty awesome. But what I, what I do... Chocolate bacon fondue. Well, yeah, but what you do is is what are, what are what are cream and butter, but emulsions of fat and water. Yeah. And if you deconstruct oh, I'm in. You them... Just, you, are, you said right. the three things I love most. So what I do is I make a chocolate fondue, but instead of using cream and butter, I use bacon fat and beer. And then I dip cooked chocolate into the chocolate or cooked bacon into the chocolate fondue. Are you, it, are you making that Sunday for the Heritage Radio Network? No, party? I'm not. I'm not making that Sunday for the Heritage Radio Network party. But what we are offering as part of the VIP uh, ticket package is we're hosting the reception in the chocolate factory, which I'm helping build, which is right next door to Heritage Foods and right around the corner from Roberta's and the Heritage Radio Network Studios. Um, we're hosting the VIP session. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're we're reaching. And um, then uh, we're going to be doing a factory tour and a chocolate tasting as a as a part of as a part of the tour as a part of the package. So people will be able to get to see what it is that we're doing, which is a lot awesome. of awesome. And I'm really happy yeah. that your your show's starting tomorrow on Heritage Radio Network. All right, Sean, what's the beer you pour? Because this is really good. Well, you know, Chris O'Leary brought this, so I can't take any of the credit for it. All I can do is read the label. And it's <laughs> Rising Tide Brewing Company. The beer is called Black Ale. Atlantis Black Ale. Atlantis Black Ale. Yeah, I had these guys up at uh, the Portland Brew Fest this weekend up in Portland, Maine. And um, this was this brewery is really going places. They're doing their first release outside of Maine in, uh, in Massachusetts this week, actually. They're going to start to uh, distribute their beer in the Boston area. So they're just getting off the ground. And, Smoky. And Chris, it's, it's very Portland, Smoky Portland Brew Fest. Okay, Portland, Maine. Yep. We know Allagash. We know Maine Beer Company. Yeah. Who else was there? Uh, uh, there were quite a few. So Bunker Brewing, which I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, nice little nano brewery there. These guys, Rising Tide Baxter Brewing um, out of Lewiston, Maine. They can all their beers. Um, had a really fantastic um, American Amber. They do West Coast styles, which is actually hard to find in Maine because you know the big players in Maine are like Shipyard and and Geary's and Allagash, which do you know uh, English and, and Belgian styles of beer. So to get an American style beer was actually hard to do for a while in Maine, um, and and they're really doing it. Rising Tide starting to do it, 
you know, Bunker did the did the uh, Pilsner. There's a couple of great brew pubs in Maine too. Obviously, Gritty McDuff's. Um, they were there, as was um, Run of the Mill in Saco, Maine, and their sister uh, brew pub, which is uh, the Liberal Cup in Hallowell, Maine. Uh, really standout breweries from the state of Maine, and there were other New England breweries there. White Birch from uh, Hooks at New Hampshire was there. Um, so it was Tuckerman's out of New Hampshire. Um, there were some really, so really Portland good Brewfest. Yeah, this wow. is only their second year doing it, and uh, you know it just happened to be in Portland, Maine, for Labor Day weekend. So I can't, wow. you know, I, like I can't say that no. I, wish I was. <laughs> I can't say no to uh, just happening to be in. Well, the I'm town so glad you said Portland, Maine, there. and not Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Why Portland? Oregon? Well, there's so much about Portland, Oregon, but I, I think Portland, Maine's got a great scene too. They, 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 really they have a great beer and food scene. I mean, the the food scene there is just unbelievable. They have so many really talented chefs that are doing amazing things, and they have great beer to pair it with too. All right. And Clay, what's the last chocolate you gave us? Well, the last chocolate is uh, from the same company, Picari, uh, but this is the chocolate with lemongrass in it. Okay, and so mm. I, I tasted the beer. Mm. And smoky, too. I, it's, the beer's it, smoky. The beer's smoky. Um, mm. The sweetness of the, of the, right. of the lemongrass it, comes in the finish. It does. It, it really. It is really quite a remarkable combination, not one that I would normally think of. And I had brought a chocolate with uh, cocoa nibs and chili peppers. And I decided not to give it to you because I gave you the chili peppers that would just blow your taste buds for the rest of the show, and you wouldn't be able to taste really anything. How about over dinner? Can we have uh, that absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but it's also interesting to try this same beer with the chili pepper chocolate because it provides – I mean, the way I've learned to do this is you have one beer and you have two or three different chocolates, and then you understand how the chocolate changes and the beer changes with doing things. Or what you do is you have one chocolate or two or three different beers. And if you – because we're really good at understanding how to compare and contrast things, not to taste something. You really have to be trained to go – you know what is that that I'm you know tasting in it, and which requires this taste memory mm. that I'm talking about it. But you can say this is sweeter, this is fruitier, this is more bitter, this has got some citrus in here. I mean, I tasted a beer recently. I forget which one it was, but um, the hops had the overtone of passion fruit, and I've never had I've never had passion fruit overtones in a beer. And if it wasn't for the fact that passion fruit is one of my favorite flavors in chocolate, uh, I never would have said, oh, that's what that flavor is. It took me a while because I've never had that flavor in beer before. Sounds like Citra and Simcoe mixed together. Or something like that. Yeah, no, but you know, it's just that sometimes you get this flavor, it's immediately obvious, right? But the context is so different, you don't trust yourself. Is that really what I'm well, tasting? i this. We're, we're going to continue this conversation. I have a feeling that that Clay Gordon on his new chocolate show, also on Heritage Radio Network, will be having many beer guests I'm on I'm as in. well. You're Sign on. Me up. Me so up. Let's, we're going to take a cut of here. Um, so, Sean, what's going on this Saturday? Where would you be uh, well, pouring Br- Bronx Brewery? I, I think there's only one place in the world that anybody this uh, weekend should be, and that's the Food Karma Rockaway Beach Blast from 12 to 5. Um, that's so the I'm Beer Sessions be. Radio, the Barrels and Kegs event at Rockaway Beach. That's, that's the right. official title. Well, well that's even better. You, say, you always say it I know. There's so Jimmy. many things. But uh, there'll be uh, 20 breweries, including Bronx Brewery, Bronx Greenport Brewery. Harbor, Barrier, Wandering Star, and the Rockaway uh, Brewing Company. And uh, Chris, any special events that, that's on your list at Brew York, New York, that we should know about before we sign up? Um, there, there. I mean, we're we're just plugging away, you know, giving everyone uh, the opportunity to uh, attend these beer events. I mean, we're we're going to try to get over to to Barrels and Kegs this weekend too. It's uh, 
It's a really great event, and we've got so there's so much coming up in September and October in terms of beer events. And I just uh, there are a couple I mean, on the there's, top there's of your like, list. There's I mean uh, Brooklyn Pour this Ooh, yeah. year from from Village Voice. They're they're really uh, trying to perfect what they did. They executed very well last year. Um, I think it's going to be an even better event this year. Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, and then our, our friend uh, Josh Bernstein is doing his uh, his third anniversary uh, homebrew tour event uh, with lots of homebrew um, in in uh, at a bar in Bushwick that's escaping my mind right now. Well, I'll, I'll, it'll be on my site. So, yeah. so, so go to brew york, brew york, <laughs> brew york, new york. dot com. And there's, I know there's, it's two, there there's two other events that really should be on Brew York New York. Uh, so, okay. September fifteenth, right. Freetoberfest. Oh, of course. Come yes. on, baby. <laughs> I mean, how could you? How could you See, not want to go? September fifteenth, twelve to five. I'm going to be out of town that day, so. But we're not. Well, exactly. We're not. <laughs> and then the most important one is actually it's a Sunday. You know, it's a day of rest for a lot of people, but it's our one year anniversary on September thirtieth. Awesome. We'll be we'll be at the Blind Tiger, and we're going to be releasing uh, for the first time. We only have 30 cases of this, so Jimmy, your seller, is calling. Jimmy's going to hoard it it's again. The, it's the, uh, we have a uh, Zinfandel from Brooklyn Winery that we've been aging our Bronx Pale Ale in. Ooh. So we're bottling that, and it'll be available for the first time on our one-year anniversary on, at 3 o'clock on September 30th at the Blind Tiger. We'll right. have the Rye Pale Ale on, uh, on, on draft, the Bronx Pale Ale, and the Bronx Pale Ale on Ferkin. Sounds good. So you can find out. Go to Brew York, New York for more information, goodbrewseal.com. And I will be uh, serving more of the of the the Bronx Brewery Rye Pale Ale at Jimmy's. And we thank you for that. All right, so again, go to goodbrazil.com, find out more. And this coming weekend, it's Barrels and Kegs, a very cool event. It's the send off for New York Craft Beer Week. You may not know this, but New York Craft Beer Week is moving to February, and there's a lot more information you can learn about. And stay tuned Can't on Beer wait. Sessions Radio. All right, <laughs> thanks to our sponsors at GreatBrewers.com, have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. You can find Beer Sessions Radio on our Facebook page, Beer Sessions Radio. And thanks to Sean and John for joining me here tonight with Clay and our, our calling guest uh, from uh, Beer Hunter, the movie. John. All right. And I'm Jimmy Carboni. And our producers, uh, Jack Inslee, Brie O'Connor, and our engineer, Joe Galarraga. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Chris, we forgot you. Sorry, man. <laughs> In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer This little song is more to the point Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.